Welcome to Harvest Hour with Reverend Dr. Godwin Alija. Today's message is from the vast teaching archives of the man of God, who is also the lead pastor of the Harvest Missions Chapel, Assemblies of God International Church, a first century church in the 21st century world. Join us today as we explore truths of God's word for the building up of our faith and victorious living in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Now, today's message. What is up to foreign soil to work a distant land? Our Father and our God, this morning we affirm your word that Lord for those of you who are called by your name nothing is impossible with you Lord you are able to split the ground and you are able to seize the flow of the sea you are able to cause the sun to stand still today we declare Lord that if you are the God who led the Israelites through the Red Sea on the dry ground then nothing is impossible with you so all our impossibilities we bring before you this morning and we pray father that every stone and every difficulty that anyone carries today will be crushed in the name of jesus i said will be crushed in the name of jesus i said will be crushed in the name of jesus and the satanic attacks and the demonic influences and the sickness and diseases any family hurdles, any financial challenges, anything that looks impossible with man, today we declare that with you, all things are possible. And we pray that by the power of your word, you will release grace upon your people that we will not live here the same. In the mighty name of Jesus, slap your hands and shout a big amen. Slap your hands and shout a big amen. Shall we be seated in heavenly places? Hallelujah. Amen. What an atmosphere. What, what a presence. Thank you, Jesus. I, I mean, let me tell you something. Anytime we come under open heavens like this, anything is possible. Anything can happen. So I want you to open up your hearts and your spirits to receive what God is about to do in your life. Hallelujah. For some of us, we will go back home and that thing that we thought was a problem will no longer be a problem. We'll go back home and those challenges that have confronted us many, many years and militated against us so many, many times will no longer be a problem because God is going to release his angel to take that tombstone that has covered us and we will take dominion over the tombstone. Hallelujah. Amen. We have been looking at the series Divine Positioning for the Next Level and in between that we have also launched the Nehemiah Project. So we've been looking at how Nehemiah obeyed God and submitted to the power of God and the wisdom of God to embark on a project that 
in the Bible is probably one of the fastest executed projects. Building the entire walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. And we all agree that if we will learn this principle and submit to the power of God, nothing will be impossible. And that whatever God says he's going to do, he will do for us. You know, sometimes being in this part of the world alone gives us limitations. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if you were born in a certain condition and everything you have seen around you is failure, impossibility, I cannot do it. You grow up thinking that there are some things that will not happen until one day the Lord picks you up himself. Some of us, we need divine intervention. Amen. Because where we are now and where God wants us to be, it will take grace for our eyes to open together. If today the Lord tells you that you, you are destined to be the Secretary General of the UN, you will say that of Yakwa. Because you can't see it. But if you don't see it before you see it, you will never see it. Are you understanding me? And so I believe that those are the principles that we have been learning. And we looked at critically that Nehemiah was a word person. Nehemiah's life was based on the word of God. Any life that is not based on the word of God is a shadow. The word of God is a creative power that we see. Everything that was created was created by God's words. And everything that will happen in our lifetime will happen based on God's words. Hallelujah. And so if we don't have the word of God as our bedrock, for those of us who don't like to read the word of God or even listen to the word of God, we are walking in shadows. We can never be real. And I, I mean, you can ask anybody. I've tried and tested I will share a few principles before we go into the word of God. Number one principle is that anytime we come to church, it's an opportunity to refresh and strengthen ourselves for the battle. Amen. Because have you watched a boxing uh, match where somebody was almost nearly knocked out, then the, the bell goes crying, and we say saved by the bell. Now, that same person can go to the corner and be refreshed. And when that person comes, he's able to knock out the opponent. Do you understand what I'm trying to teach? So when we come, maybe you've gone through some things in life and things are crashing you. God's presence is able to refresh us. The Holy Spirit is able to empower us so that when we go back to the regular thing, we will be able to crash them in the name of Jesus. How many of you understand what I'm sharing this morning? Now, the second principles I want to share is that now, when we come to church like this, we, everything that we hear and every worship that we go through, we chip a little bit of the world away. We, you see, because we are so corrupt in the world of sin. And everything you see, some of us, our workplaces, we don't hear anything decent. We don't hear, some of you, the friends you have, by the time you are done having a 30 minutes conversation, you have to confess your sins for one hour. Because everything is polluted. Everything is, is bad. And so we come to, again to chip the world that has entangled us. We chip it away. You may not realize it, but gradually, if you take stock of your life for one year, you realize that, oh, me pan and say, me kasabokose. 
because God would have done a lot of things. The third thing I want us to observe is that in the faith, and I've shared this before, we have the person of Christ and we have the principles of Christ. Amen. Now, the person of Christ definitely will take us to heaven. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he, he comes into our hearts and takes over our life. And he grants us eternal life. Amen. But that does not mean that you will succeed on earth necessarily. I know this one, people don't like it. Well, then let's explain why in Africa we have a lot of tongue-speaking believers. But we are still one of the poorest countries, continents in the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we speak in tongues. We've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. When the trumpets sound today, and that's why Africans should pray that Jesus will come quick. <laughs> when the trumpet sounds, we will go. However, the Bible also teaches the principles of Christ, which most Africans don't like to obey. We like the tongues part, but we don't like the principles part. The principle of respecting time, the principle of good work ethic, the principles of hard work, the principles of wisdom. You know, sometimes we think that once we speak in tongues, it's okay. But if you don't walk those principles, you may not be successful on earth. So, if you look at life critically, Africans, we, have, we love the person of Christ. We cherish the person of Christ. But sometimes we don't work hard. We don't want to go to work. Now, if we want to go to work, we should be at work at 7.38 or 8 o'clock. Some people end up getting to work at 10 o'clock. And they are happy because they think we have beaten the system, right? But even in the snow in the west, people will wake up at dawn and go to work. One time I was shocked in Hong Kong. I was here, some skyscrapers. I looked through my window. People were doing construction. I looked at my time. It's about 3 a.m. Because they had to do that construction before daybreak so that they can slow down the traffic. Here, when it is time to go to work, that is when contractors are working. And they will jam the traffic for everybody. And people waste about two hours. How many of you understand some of the things I'm teaching? So, these are all principles in the Bible. And if we don't obey these principles, we may not make it. Now, the other side is that you can obey the principles. But if you don't have the person of Christ, you will succeed here on earth. But you may not make it to heaven. That is why a lot of the Western world, they are still rich. They are prospering, but they don't fear God. They don't want to have Jesus. And in fact, because they are prospering, they think that Jesus is not relevant. But they've forgotten that. One uh, researcher, is called Mas Weber. A lot of us have read the Weber Dictionary. How many of you remember Weber? Okay, so the name is actually Weber because it's German. And Mas Weber says that the prosperity of the West is based on the Judeo-Christian principles of Christ, of hard work and, and, and honesty and all of that. So there are people who don't go to church, but they are honest. People who don't go to church, but they won't get into anybody's way. And what happens is that they will make it because those are principles of Christ, but they may not necessarily make it to heaven. But wisdom is having the person of Christ 
and operating in the principles of Christ. And so we are blessed today that we have the person of Christ and every Sunday, the principles of Christ are unfolded to us. And he who has the ear would hear so that God will bring transformation. Now, if you understand what I'm saying, slap your hands and lift a shout to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So now we delve into Nehemiah. The first thing was that Nehemiah was based on the word of God. The second thing was that Nehemiah, through the word of God, had a good heart. He worked on his heart because the Bible says, out of the issues of the heart, the course of life is determined. Everything in your heart will play out. So, I don't have to, I don't have to go and do surgery on you to see whether your heart is good or not because what you live every day will show me the content of your heart. You understand? Bawa so Nehemiah from what he lived we realize that he took time to work on his heart the third thing that we want to tackle today is that Nehemiah did not only guard his heart he also guarded his mouth he guarded his mouth he guarded his mouth with the energy you become some biggie biggie mouth Somebody say mouth. You see, if you say mouth, it's not. I like the Nigerian one. Somebody say mouth. Nehemiah guarded his mouth. And we can see that from Nehemiah chapter 1, verse number 11 to 18. Let's read it quickly. And then we would also add other scriptures to it. Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse number 11 to 18. Listen to what the man said. Okay, let me read from here so we understand. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was a king's cup bearer. Okay, let's move on. Early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Atazazel's reign, I was serving the king his wine, and I had nothing, I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you with a prayer to God of heaven? Uh huh. I replied, if it please the king and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long would you be gone and when will you return? After I told him how long I will be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, if it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, and the manager, let's go to verse 9. And when I came 
to the governors of the province of the West Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. That's amazing. But when Sambalat and the, the Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of my arrival, they were displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes when you are embarking on a good thing, people will oppose you. They will oppose you so much that you even feel the good you are doing is actually wrong. I don't know about you, but sometimes we, end up, we, we find ourselves, ourselves in a system where people say the wrong things are right and the right things are wrong. You go to an office and they look at you and they are like, ah, in fact, they will give you a name, Osofu. Because you have refused to take bribe. You have refused to take things before you help people. Those things will come. And Nehemiah was feeling the same way. So I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. I slipped out during the night. Taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart. For Jerusalem, we took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. He was even afraid of animals. God gave Nehemiah favor. Nehemiah prayed. God showed him favor. But the execution of the work needed the wisdom of God and the principles of Christ. We said that sometimes it is not everything that God begins to do in your life that you must spew out. Sometimes you must learn, you must learn to say some and leave some. This is wisdom. Why do we say so? Because we know from scriptures that if the vision God has given you is prematurely exposed, the devil can kill it. The devil does not know what you have not said. The devil cannot outwit the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit communicates to us in very unique ways because we have Christ in us. So when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, the devil does not understand. The devil cannot interpret tongues. So you are the Holy Ghost is downloading things into your spirit you start catching it you start writing or something but you don't expose some things prematurely Nehemiah has taught us that it is important that if you, you control your emotions you control your speech you control what comes into your mind and when God reveals things to you you must carefully pray about it before you communicate it to the next person Nehemiah woke up at night when everybody was asleep. He went to survey the problem. He looked at it. He didn't want to be biased. He didn't want to be confused. He didn't want opinion leaders to tell him some things. Because if you depend on people's direction all the time, you will fail. It's like that man who was reversing his car. And then the man, he was somebody was standing behind him. He said, Bra. He too was coming. Bra, bra, bra. Oh, Massa, bra. And the, all he had was, Bra. 
Then he said, if he's in the bathroom, not knowing the guy was a madman. <laughs> he was giving him direction. I said, bruh. So if somebody is telling you, bruh, and you cannot look at your mirror to, <laughs> to judge, some people will end up that a lot of Christians have been victim to the wrong counsel of people. Because we trusted people so much that we did not even talk to God. We trusted people so much that when they said it, it, it sounded good to their ears. So we started executing business plans that the Holy Spirit has not endorsed. And then we crashed. Guide your mouth. Guide what you say. Guide how you say it. Guide where you say it. And we give an example that if the word of God is supreme, then the question is, how come that when you say something, it should be guarded? The answer is that the word of God is a seed. And every seed must be nurtured. And if you don't nurture the seed with fertilizer, prayer, you know, in our contest, with wisdom, the devil can destroy it or distort it. So we realize that when Jesus was a child and Herod wanted to kill Jesus, the angel Gabriel came to Joseph and said, take your son, go and hide your son in Egypt. This is the son of God. Even Jesus was hidden. Missy, even Jesus was hidden from the sword of Herod. So that kind of unnecessary confidence and faith it's not faith, it's foolishness. I know I'm preaching good. Jesus was hidden. Moses was hidden. Exodus chapter 2. When the time came, they had to hide Moses somewhere. And when they did what they had to do, God also did what he had to do. So guard your mouth. Why do we insist that guard your mouth? Because words are powerful. Now, when you guide your mouth, there are two things that happen. Number one, you are able to keep God's agenda or you are able to not to be quick to expose God's agenda for you. But number two, you also guide your words from saying things that can destroy. And why do I say that? Because we have power in words. So I'm going to reveal why it's important to be careful about what we say. Learning from the Hemiah and what we don't say. Number one, because words have creative power. Give me Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Words have creative power. Words can either create or words can destroy. But God has given us power in our words, to create. And so, as a believer, you don't just open your mouth and say anything, anyhow. Some of us, the kind of things we say to our children determines how they become in future. And I will come to that. Look at how powerful words are. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. The earth was formless and empty. 
and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God, let's say it together, then God, then God, let there be light and there was light. God just had to speak. God just had to speak words. Now, Bible also tells us that we have been created in the image of God and in his likeness. So, that power to create with words has also been given to us. You have no idea that words are more powerful than ballistic missiles. Words are more powerful than atomic bomb. Hey, you can kill somebody with your words without using knife. Words can create the same way words can make you become what you should become. If you continue to speak to yourself, I can make it. I will make it in Jesus' name. I am the head and not the tail. Confessing positivity over your life, you are creating God's will in your life. Jesus told us that greater works than this shall you do if I go to the Father. And we know that Jesus spoke and what things changed. Jesus spoke and people were healed. Those words, Bible says that those words have been given to believers as well. And that is why we have to guard our mouths. Because our mouths can create. Our mouths can destroy. Now if you look at Mark chapter 4 to show you how powerful words are. Look at Mark chapter 4. Let me show you something in the episode. Give me from the... Give me from, let's go to verse 2. Let me see what is in verse 2. Go to verse 5. Verse 10. Verse 10. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant, okay? And he replied, take me to the storm. I think it's verse 15. Jesus was on the Sea of Galilee. Let's see what happened. Where the storm arose. Charlie, check that thing for me. Verse 16, getting to the end. And it dovetailed to verse uh, chapter 5. Are you there? Are you working with me? Okay, so maybe let's just see 20, but there's an account there that I want us to see what Jesus told the disciples, how powerful words can be. Oh, 37, but soon, Jesus sat in the the boat with them, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and he began to fill with water. Go on. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. Jesus, sometimes we feel like Jesus is sleeping, right? He was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on the cushion. The disciples wake him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, He did what? What did Jesus do? He rebuked the wind with what? Words. He said, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Go, go. Now, let's look at where Jesus shied them. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? What do you think Jesus was saying to them? 
Jesus was saying that you have power in your mouth to have spoken to this uh, storm to become a lot of believers don't know the power of our words. And so when things come, instead of speaking faith, we, con- we confess negative things. And the more you confess negative things, the negative things create bad negativity against you. Our words are powerful. Our words are creative. And that is why it is important for every believer not to allow people to annoy you to hinder the flow of God's words. Because what happens is that when we go through the world and somebody somebody kind of uh, annoys us, we use our words negatively instead of positively. And our words don't become impactful because the Tobias and the Sambalat, you know, if he had met Tobias and Sambalat, they would have influenced him. But he kept his words. People of God, sometimes it's always important to save words. Number two, words have destructive power. Words have destructive power, and that is why you must guard your mouth. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. I've told you that this year, God says, teach my people because I'm going to break them through. Some of you, if I don't teach you this right now, you become the CEO. Your mouth will demote you. I'm telling you, one sentence that you say at a board meeting, they will impeach you. So may God have mercy on this mouth. I've always said that God gave us one mouth and two ears so that we can hear twice and talk one. Some of us, <laughs> amen. Some of us, we talk more than we hear. Meanwhile, the mouth is one. Okro, African electronics. Diarrhea, diarrhea mouth. Unless you don't see, it will come out. Let's look at what Proverbs says. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I like that word, consequences. I told you when we were young, we thought it started with quay. Consequences. You will see the consequence. Consequence. Then when they went to English class, hey, what's how? The mouth, the tongue have death and life. You can create with your words. You can kill with your words. The tongue can build. The tongue can destroy. So guard your mouth. Guard your mouth because what you say has the ability to destroy creations of God. So what will happen is that the devil cannot directly destroy God's creation, but the devil can use us to destroy the things that God has built. And the other time I said that God has put a shield of fire around us. And the devil has no permission to touch us directly. But what the devil does is that he confuses our thinking and makes us feel like we cannot make it. And it is our own confession that ends up destroying us. 
And so if you are the kind of person, and I make me woo, and I wait, and I make woo, and I challenge my bro, and I wait, me to me, yo, and I wait, and me to my bone, and you, 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 you are declaring destructive power over your life. I will say, let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Let the believers say it is well with my soul. That is why some churches, they, 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 they have even gone beyond. You can't say something. But that's okay. Somehow there is truth in what you are saying. Because words have life. So people of God, if we are going to make it to the next level, guide what you say. Guide what you say about yourself. Guide what you say about people. Guide what you say about circumstances. Guide what you say about life. I have to always confess that I can make it in Jesus' name. And you know, sometimes people will say that you, you are not realistic. We are being realistic. Hey! Genesis chapter 1. God, give me Genesis chapter 1 again. And let's see if God is being realistic. Let's see if God is being realistic in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Uh, verse 2, sorry. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. Does that describe somebody's life? But why is not God, God not confessing negative things in this situation? That is where some of us will say, let's be real, Mabon. Let's be real. With the facing life. No create the can. Me to me, yeah. Let's be real. If you were God, that's what you would have confessed. Because after you have created something beautiful, and the thing has no form, and the thing is useless, and darkness is upon the surface of the deep, what would you say? Let's face facts. But God said, no, 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 no. That is not what I created. That is not my original intent. Come on, let there be lights. And Bible said there was lights. I speak over your lives this morning and I reverse every negativity that the enemy has put on your life and I speak light over your life. I say, let there be light over your life. Let sickness fly away over your life. Let distortion, confusion, prophecies from the enemy, from the pit of hell against your life. I stand as the under shepherd of God and the shepherd of this house and I cancel every negativity against your life. I take them out in the name of Jesus. one under the sound of my voice is permitted to fail. I said no one under the sound of my voice is permitted to die prematurely. I declare that sickness is not your portion. I declare that sickness is not your portion. I declare that negativity is not your portion. You shall not be put to shame. Shame is not your portion. May God give you beauty for ashes. May God give you honor instead of shame. May God bring you transformation. And as I speak, when you say amen, it is happening for you. In the name of Jesus, I declare that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that will rise against you in judgment shall be condemned. I declare that the Egyptians you see today, you will see again no more forever. I declare that, let's say, a thousand will fall on your side, ten thousand by your right hand side. Only your eyes will behold the destruction of the wicked. They will not come near you. You will make it in Jesus' name. You shall
Words have power. Words can be destructive. Words can be destructive. Let's look at a few verses from Proverbs. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 10 verse 9. And then be preparing for Proverbs eleven thirteen, And Proverbs, listen, make it a habit to read one proverb every day. Just one verse every day. Because there are so many things. Wisdom nuggets. Proverbs 10, 19, please. 19. 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Is it in your Bible? Hey, this Bible things are in it all. Things is too much talk will make you sin. Some of us we talk and we lie when we are not supposed to lie because we cannot shut our mouths. He said, "Be sensible and keep your mouth shut." I'm not saying be mumu, but all I'm saying is that watch your words; they are powerful. These days, Christians are too loose. Christians are too opened. We say anything, anyhow. You talk to people because you think challenge, you know how to speak brothel. Is it there too much brothel or too much teeth? Which of it? If I say it in every, it sounds different. <laughs> too much talk leads to sin. People of God, that is why we have to shut and guide our words. If we have verbal diarrhea, this is a good thing to fast about. Because what you don't say, you cannot be judged. When you go to the court, it is your own words that they will use to judge you. If they want to know your motive, it is what you say on record that will be used to judge you. And do you know that one day we will be judged by every single word that we speak? We will be judged. Let's look at another proverb. Proverbs is nice. Proverbs 11 13. 11 13. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. So, the secrets that God wants to do in your life, sometimes you know God Himself, when He wants to do something, He doesn't tell everyone at all, He chooses special people. And sometimes, no, there were a few times Jesus healed and said, don't tell anybody. Are we learning something? Our words are destructive. Now, Proverbs 12, 18. We'll quickly finish the Proverbs and we'll go on. 12, 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Bible is saying that your mouth is like knife. Your mouth is like knife. Guide your mouth because what you will say, there are people in the church who are destroying, destroying members and they don't even know. Every time you open your mouth, that gap. But we are in church to encourage and to build each other. So when you open your mouth, think, think, think. This words that I'm going to say, how would it be translated? How would it impact somebody? In fact, if that same word is used on me, would I love it? 
Bible says our waste should be seasoned with salt because it can cut. When you read James, James 4, I will come to James 4. It's amazing. Now, let's look at Proverbs 16, 28. Write all the scriptures down. They are good for our health. Proverbs 16, 28. A troublemaker plans seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. That is how churches break. You want to go to the next level? We need a lot of synergy. But gossip, gossip. Yesterday, I had a wonderful meeting with the choir. Put your hands together for them. Thank you for availing yourselves. Those who didn't come, I left a message for you. They will tell you. But where we are going, we need everybody's strength. The next level demands that we all gravitate together. Now, when we start slandering and gossiping, we'll break the unity of God's church. And the devil is always happy when we are tearing each other down. Because he knows that in our disunity, we cannot make it to the next level. But we are all making it to the next level. In the name of Jesus. Now, let's look at Proverbs 17, 27. And then Proverbs 29, 20, then we'll finish. Proverbs 17, verse 27. a truly wise person uses few words a person with understanding is even tempered so if you want to show me a wise person I will judge that person by how many words a person uses some of us when we meet people today we will tell our whole life story within a short time the person will know everything our father's name, our mother's name our uh, <laughs> bank account number, the bank that banks that we save with, the number of times we have been to the US and we've been to Dubai, and we always forget where we started from. That one won't talk about it. In Kumasi, I heard a story of a lady who came for a funeral, and when she stepped out from her car. Everybody looked at, wow, gorgeous lady. And she took her time dressing. And you know, people is, you know, then she had a phone call. Eh? This was a lady everybody admired when she stepped out until she spoke. Bible says that even if a fool keeps quiet, He's considered wise. <laughs> Even if a fool keeps quiet, he's considered wise. Church, these things are Bible. We are going to the next level. I'm saying that if I don't say some of these things, some, prophet, uh, some potential CEOs cannot make it because your mouth will betray you. And I like Americans. They don't forget anything. You say something, 200 years they will play your own words back to you. And they will put the modern one that you have said and the old one side by side. Those of us who are always on social media, pasting things on social media, expressing every opinion on social media, please be careful. Be careful. I say I can go to social media and know how people are feeling. Because some of us, our moods are on social media. Today I'm feeling dark. Today I'm feeling happy. Today I've eaten cake. Today I ate cake. Hey! 
Be careful. Be careful. Because the devil will use our words against us. If you love me, slap your hands and lift a shout to God. <laughs> now, this is a dangerous one. Let's look at it. Proverbs 29, 20. I'll end on this one. Then I'll go share a few things that will be out of here in a few minutes. I'm talking about guarding your mouth. Proverbs 29, 20. Dangerous. There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. The day I read from the Bible that anger lies in the bosom of fools, I told myself, how? Some of us, we don't, we think that we are you don't know. You are putting yourself out there and you are being, you are defining yourself. Amen? Anger lies in the bosom of fools. They say a fool has hope than someone who speaks without thinking. Church, let our speech be seasoned with salt. The way we talk to one another, let us be mindful of our words. Let our words be creative. When you lose your, your, your anger and speak your bosom, does not make you better. Does not make you wise. Does not build the kingdom of God. Words have destructive power. The third thing, I'll be, I'll be quick. Words have prophetic and predictive power. That is why you have to guide your mouth. Do you know that when God created the heavens and the earth and created everything and he said it was good, he created Adam to name everything. Do you know that? Do you know that every name Adam gave was recorded in heaven? Amazing. That is a power God has given us. So we, told, we called Nim Tree Nim Tree because Adam called it Nim Tree. We called this that because Adam called it so. That is the power that God has given man. And that is why anytime we are having a naming ceremony, I don't take it for granted. Because God has given us the awesome privilege to name a child. And one day in heaven, when they are doing the roll call, the child will be called the name you gave the child. Amazing. Amazing. What to redeem may I throw heaven? Isn't that powerful? Your words are prophetic. Your words are predictive. Your words are powerful. And that is why when you read through the Bible, most of the people who have suffered, their parents gave them names that followed them. Jacob. The guy, when they were giving birth to him, he was holding the heels of the brother. So they say, you are a cheat. Small boy on him, you call him a cheat. Jacob became a son until he met God and he fought with God. He said, ah, why? I've not done anything wrong. But me, myself, when I'm there, I feel like cheating people. I feel like swindling. And God said, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. He said, ah, that's why. Wrong address. Wrong address. So for me to deliver you, today I've changed your name. Your name is no longer a cheat. You are father of many nations. You are Israel. Today I speak over your life. Any name that has been given to you, that is not of God. I turn it around. I switch it and I prophesy good name over you. I prophesy good health over you. I prophesy greatness over you. I cancel every diabolic plan of the devil in the name of Jesus. And now Jacob 
when Rahel was giving birth and she was dying, Rahel named the boy Benoni, meaning son of my sorrow. Like that boy will be sorrowful the rest of his life. And because Jacob knows what he's been through, he said, no, his name will not be Benoni. His name will be Benjamin, son of my right hand. May the Lord change your name from Benoni to Benjamin. I said, may the Lord change your name from Benoni to Benjamin. And may God cause his words to come through for you. Nehemiah has shown us that words are powerful. And do you know when the Tobias and Sambalas even came against him, he says the God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we will arise and build. He saw all the negativity. They said this thing you are building, even cockroach, when a cockroach steps on it, it will break. Some of us, we are being discouraged that what we are doing, we can't make it. You will make it in Jesus' name. The final thing is words will be judged. In the court of heaven, every word that you are spoken will be judged. That's why you have to be careful. Bible says if you call your brother Raka, God help our mouth. Help our mouth. If you call your brother fool, God's creation. May God help us. May God help us. So what do we do with words? Number one, accept the right words. Even if the situation does not look favorable. Accept the right words. Mary was told that she was going to conceive a child from the Holy Spirit. Nobody had ever conceived from the Holy Spirit before. But when Mary heard the word, he says, if it is your word, be it unto me according to your will. Don't, be, don't live your life based on your circumstances. Live your life based on the word of God. Mary says, be it unto me. Abraham was as old as dead. And they say, you have a child. And he kept hoping until God brought it to pass. May that be your story. What do you do with words? Reject every evil word concerning you. When somebody speaks something negative, hey, reject it in the name of Jesus. Because words are powerful. They will follow you. They'll follow you. Nikki Cruz said that when my mother told me, Nikki, you are the son of the devil. I don't like you. He said that day I died. He became a criminal. When people speak words, please reject those words. Use words to your advantage. Prophesy over your children. Prophesy over your life. Prophesy over everything. Speak good words about yourself. Sometimes the condition may not look like it. But continue to confess good. As we go, it will not be easy. But the Holy Spirit will help us. Sometimes you are going to say that thing in the middle. The Holy Spirit will prompt you stop. The story is told of this Christian brother who was driving and somebody crossed him. And then he lifted his mouth. He was going to use the three word. Call! Then he saw that it was a Christian brother. Then he said, hallelujah. So the word sounded, call hallelujah. At least it's better. So when you are going to say, call, and you catch yourself, say, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Jesus is good. Rise, rise to it. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Pray that God cause my words to be seasoned with salt. Today, I've learned that to go to the next level, my words should be seasoned with salt. 
because words are creative power, words are destructive power, words are building block, words can take us to the next level. Lift your voice and begin to pray that Holy Spirit will guide us, that we don't spew our secrets in the name of Jesus. Some of us, the enemy is already attacking us. Pray that God will cover. Lift your voice and begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Your words can create. Your words can destroy. Your words can build. Pray that God will cause your words to build. Oh, I can't hear you. Pray that God will cause your word to build. Pray that God will cause your word to build. Your words will take you to the next level. Pray that God will cause you to speak the right things. Bible said there is hope for the fool than somebody who speaks anyhow. Listen to me. Some of us, some words have been spoken against us. People have made some negative stuff against us. Today, there is grace in the house. Overturn all of those words in Jesus' name. Overturn all of those words. Some fathers, before they died, they spoke some things against their children, spoke some things against their wives, spoke some things against their husband. Overturn them right now. Overturn them. Overturn them. Lift your voice. Overturn them. I overturn every confession from the pit of hell. I overturn every negativity. I overturn. Shante now listen to me. In Ezekiel 37, Bible says that Ezekiel was called by God to go to the valley of dry bones. And he looked at the bones and the bones were really dry. And he said, son of man, will these bones live? Ezekiel, a powerful prophet, his faith was shaking. He said, God, only you know. And God said, prophesy. And when he prophesied, the bones came back to life. God has put power in our mouth to prophesy. I want you to prophesy over your life. Prophesy over your family. Prophesy over your children. Prophesy over your work. That it shall be well with me. I will make it to the next level. I will not die before my time. Goodness and mercy will follow me. This church will not break down. This church will move to a new land. We will not suffer. Oh, prophesy. I prophesy over my children. And every child in this house, they will make it in Jesus' name. They will pass the exams. I prophesy over the single women. No, they will marry. They will find their partners. I prophesy over, over men and women. They will be promoted on their jobs. Their, their job will prosper. They shall prosper in the name of Jesus. They will prosper. Oh, prophesy. Prophesy over the dry bones. Prophesy. Prophesy. We will make it. Prophesy. It shall be well. Prophesy. 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 You will not die before your time. You will not die before your time. Prophesy. You will excel in everything you do. 
wherever you are as we conclude let's sing this song together yes for tuning in. We believe you've been blessed by today's word. For video recordings of teachings by Reverend Alijah, visit our Facebook page at Harvest Missions Chapel. For prayers and counseling, kindly call or WhatsApp the numbers 0244-865-523 or 054-230-3868. To share your testimonies or to support the ministry in cash or kind, Contact us on 0244-865-523.